Welcome to Learning Unbox. This is another special edition. Uh, this is the third piece of a three-part series around um, how to make modifications um, in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, this is your host, Annalise Corbin of the PASS Foundation. And the Learning Unbox special edition is a set of quick podcasts that address an urgent or specific need within our community. And today we're going to talk about how best to share your stories because when, when communities are experiencing crisis, those positive experience and stories are game changers for everybody um, who's in the mix. And so joining us today uh, to, to share with us um, are Alyssa Reeder, um, who is the project coordinator of student programs at the PASS Foundation, and Ashley Price, who's the assistant director of student programs also at the PASS Foundation. So ladies, uh, welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So Alyssa, I want to start with you. Uh, let's just really kind of jump right in. Um, and I want to talk about, um, in a, the previous special editions, we talked about the experience that you guys had um, delivering quality STEM programming in a virtual environment, sort of just in time. But you also had the opportunity to take a lot of what you learned from that and then go into some in-person, very uh, tightly controlled, very sort of, um, um, sort of strict, healthy protocols um, to deliver some of the same programming in person. Um, in into some daycare centers in the Columbus area. Um, but we're in the midst of a global pandemic. And so to deliver meant things looked and felt differently. Um, yeah. So I want you to please share with us um, a couple of your observations about what does it mean to suddenly find yourself in person with young learners um, during COVID-19? Yeah, um, it was, uh, a very enlightening experience. Um, I um, feel like I took a lot of things for granted before in terms of communication that I just didn't think about. Um, when you work with kids, especially young kids, um, when we did the in-person this summer, um, we worked with kids as, as old as third, fourth grade, um, but we really primarily worked with the pre-K, preschool through kindergarten age range. And um, a big piece of their development is social, right? Mm -hmm. And that emotional Absolutely. piece. And um, it was different because, um, you know, in every place that we went into, we were required to wear a mask. And um, the kids, they didn't have masks normally. Um, that wasn't something that that would for the younger kids. Um, but when you work with kids, when you're talking with them, when you're interacting with them, you take for granted your facial expressions, you take for granted the um, inflection in your voice, right? Mm -hmm. That they can't necessarily hear because you have a mask on. Um, so that was something that I had to get used to, that we both had to get used to, um, was um, interacting with those kids and, and not only talking with them and, and asking them questions and instructing them, but then also giving them praise and, and trying to interact with them. Um, we had to get used to that. So, you know, I, started to rely on my eyes. Um, so making sure they could see that I was smiling using my eyes um, or just trying to speak louder. You know, we have teacher voices um, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, because depending on the time of day or the, you know, the attitude of the day, um, there was a lot going on and little kids, they're just so excited. And so you had to use your teacher voice, but it was different, right? You did, you had to use your teacher voice through a cloth. Mm -hmm. um, so 
you know, those things look different. The sanitizing times, that was definitely something to get used to um, for me as an adult. And what was so interesting um, is uh, I remember walking into one of the preschool rooms that we were in um, at one of the centers and the teacher was like, okay, sanitizing time. And the kids just raised their hand up and the teacher walked around and just dropped, dropped it in their hand. Like it wasn't a big deal, hmm. but I just was like, hmm, like that's a new thing to add but the kids weren't phased by it. And that's the thing that I took away really from the summer is there's a resiliency mm-hmm. in kids and it's the adults and it's the older, it's the older group that has to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's having the harder time. Um, the kids, it, they were just happy to be there. And it goes back to that. They were just excited about, they're excited about interaction. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't matter. They were just happy that, you know, they got to do these fun things and they got to talk with you and, Um, so that was, that was something now reflecting that I took away from it, but yeah, there's, there's pieces that you miss and you take for granted that you don't realize, you don't realize that aren't there anymore. And kids are in fact, wickedly resilient. We've seen this over the course of human history. Um, and we do, I think sometimes as the adults in the room, we lose sight of the fact that kids are, are that resilient and that they will rise to, to whatever we, we bring to them. And mm-hmm. I, so I think that that's a really, really important, both personal and professional story um, to share. So thank you um, for that, Alyssa. So, so Ashley, I want to add to that. When you think about those types of community success stories in the midst of really, really trying circumstances, and you think about the opportunity that comes from that student experience, especially if you have the opportunity to share with with groups of kids more than once, um, you know, what are some of the things that you see that you want the world to know about those successes? What's your story? Yeah, um, I'm going to feed off of what Alyssa said. Um, The kids are, they're super resilient. They they're not phased by this. <laughs> well, they're, when we are working with them, they're not phased. I think um, the, the owners or the adults or the teachers that we worked with were super thankful for us. Uh, they thanked us so much this summer. Um, and for us, it was just like, we're excited to be out with the kids as much as they're excited to see us because a lot of the places we went, those kids are so used to going out all summer and making right. and traveling to different places and going to different places and having a bunch of people come in and work with them. And COVID has changed that for them. So it was great for them to see new faces. It was great for us to see new faces, for us to be able to go out and work with the kids. Um, but yeah, it. I feel like a lot of it with the kids, it was just second nature to them at this point. It was like Alyssa said, okay, it's sanitizing time. Okay, my hand's up put the mm-hmm. sanitizer in, rub it in. Um, so, and for, for us, it was a little bit of an adjustment, but I think, um, I think the kids feed off of the adults in the room. So mm-hmm. um, if we were working with kids, it was really important for us to not complain about having to wear a mask, not right. complain about having to sanitize, not mm-hmm. complaining about having to do certain things because kids see that. And once mm-hmm. they see that, they're going to mirror that. And so for us, it was really important to make sure that we made it as normal as possible. We made, the, to, we made sure that the kids um, felt comfortable and we 
they, I mean, they were used to seeing us wear masks. They were used to seeing the other teachers wear masks. Um, but just making sure that we didn't make things seem different mm -hmm. than what we normally would when we were running a program. Um, mm -hmm. We made, like before we went into places, we made sure our stuff was sanitized uh, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, but the kids didn't need to know that. We didn't need to point that out to them. Um, and so I think that we just really worked to make things as normal as possible. And we made sure that we made it as fun as possible really making sure, like Alyssa said, they couldn't see us smile. So making sure we could smile with our eyes or giving them that praise, a lot mm -hmm. of praise and saying, mm -hmm. this is awesome. This is great. You guys are doing an awesome job and, and things like that. Um, which is like Alyssa said, something that we just take for granted, them being able to see our smile. And so like, yeah. I think, I think that was really important for us as we were going into the community. Yeah, absolutely. And those are exactly the sorts of things that community needs to hear, right? Because they're concerned. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, A, on the one hand, sending our, sending, sending my children to any type of not at home in my protective bubble I've created for them for all these months is a scary thing, but oh my gosh, my kids really need that. And I might need to go to work or a whole host of different, you know, sort of scenarios that are all in play. And so it's, it, part of that is relieving some of the anxiety, right? Your, your kids are safe they're thriving yep. that's the other thing they're resilient and they're thriving and th those are those are all great wins right. um Alyssa, talk to me a little bit about what art and stem and inventing an insect have to do with each other or how can they so so help us understand how even in a pandemic environment, we can stack learning because the other thing that we see or we've been hearing um, from our community uh, of practice um, practitioners is that, you know, it's really difficult for us to connect the dots because we're not there all the time. We're not with the kiddos, but the, the reality is we can in fact um, make multiple connections. Um, yep. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about the connection between art and STEM and inventing an insect. So um, those were two of the programs that we deployed out um, into the community, um, working with uh, the students in the various places. And um, we typically would piggyback them. So we'd have the first day be art and STEM. And the, if we were with kids for more than one day, we would do the, the invent an insect. Um, and invent with art and STEM, it's going through how is STEM incorporated into art. So we would go through each of the, you know, the science, technology, engineering, and math um, pieces. And with, with invented insect is learning about, okay, what are the components of an insect? What is an insect? What does it look like? What are the different body parts? And then how do you, you build one yourself? And um, the piece that we really connected with art and STEM into the event an insect is the what are the different body parts and how do you build one yourself because you're thinking about this engineering part that you can create art you can create these pieces um but you're also learning the science behind how you know how an insect is 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 made up what are the different body parts um we had a student who we have a sheet that just has a an insect it looks like a beetle um on there but we don't identify it as any particular insect and we have them color the different parts of the insect and um the student had been with us the day before with art and stem and was using primary colors to color his insect so he was connecting what he had learned the day before 
with then coloring in and identifying the body parts of the insect. Um, and then they get these materials, these actual, this bag full of just different things, and they have to create a insect based off of what they've learned from us that, you know, from that um, actual program, um, and that's their final product. Um, but again, it goes back to that incorporating their own autonomy and that that art piece that they learned the day before um, and connecting all those those pieces together um, to create something um, and they have to, you know, present it. So um, we try to connect um, as many pieces as possible if we're doing things um, with students for more than one day. Um, I think that's the best example that I can mm -hmm. give. I remember hearing, you know, seeing that that child do that. Um, but there's also various things that you can do. You can connect um, when you're thinking about shapes, right? So when we we're talking about the art and stem with shapes, um, you know, they could easily find those shapes in an insect. So right. just thinking about those pieces. Yeah, I love the I love the making connections, right? Because once again, you know, the kids are creative, they're resilient, um, they are invested um, in 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 themselves, in each other, in their teachers, in their community, and uh, they just need a little bit of freedom to to explore mm -hmm. uh, in a meaningful way. So once yeah. again, ladies, thank you so much for uh, spending time um, on these three episodes with us and helping us very quickly figure out how we too can make modifications, um, make some personal adaptations, um, and be able to be very, very successful um, in the midst of a global crisis. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.